0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the Daily Energy News Beat stand up here on this gorgeous Thursday, December 7th, 2023. As always, I'm your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, Stuart Turley. My man, how we doing today?
1: It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood up here
0: in bear country. Absolutely. Uh, as we talked all week on the show, you literally are in bear country. It's, it's kind of <laughs> crazy. Uh, Absolutely. Nonetheless, though, nobody ate our homework today, guys. Absolutely packed menu. Um, First up on that said menu, America's energy boom. U.S. crude exports soar to record high. Next up, Texas commissioner slams Biden's onerous methane rules that increase oil and gas prices. We'll fly over to Britain, where Brits should stock up on torches and candles to prepare for power cuts. That's according to Oliver Dowden. So uh, we, we we love a we, we love a good torches and candles to prepare <laughs> ourselves. Yikes. And then we're going to plop over to the EU, transitioning to insolvency. Europe's largest wind farm is facing bankruptcy. Finally, we'll move over to China. Plans for a nuclear power. 24,000 TEU container ship unveiled in China. Holy smokes embracing that net zero future. Stuhl then toss it over to me. I'll cover, I mean, really the, the the interesting fundamentals that happened today here in the oil and gas markets. We saw crude oil dip below $70 for the first time in an absolute minute. So we will uh, kind of break down what happened there. Exxon also does some interesting forecasts. So we'll cover all that and a bag of chips, guys. Before we do all that, remember the news and analysis you are about to hear is all brought to you by the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all your energy news. Stu and the team do a great job of curating that website, making sure it stays up to speed with everything you need to know to be at the tip of the spear when it comes to the energy business. Uh, You can hit the description below. Check out all the timestamps and links to the articles. Email the show questions at energynewsbeat.com. Check us out, dashboard.energynewsbeat.com, our new data news combo product. I'm going to breath
1: those two. Where do you want to begin? Okay, let's start with our buddies over here in the U.S. America's energy boom, the U.S. crude export sort of record high. Michael, this is really, really pretty cool. And uh, there's some underlying uh, threads uh, in this article. It has been those who are confused why the U.S. has spent tens of billions to keep the Russian-Ukraine war going. I thought this was an interesting article. Mm -hmm. Why do you think we've spent so much money? Uh, I mean, we could talk for hours
0: about this. I think we, yes. we just, we, uh, it so mainly, I think we spent a lot of money to attempt to topple what we see as a, you know, regime in Russia that we don't like. No. And I, I agree. Seaborne crude exports up 19% Ooh. versus
1: 2022. This is just incredible. Yeah. Um, And you take a look at the, the map, Michael, if our producer could fly this in the map Showing, Look at all the tankers. There's all yeah. the red dots in the Gulf coming out of the port of Corpus Christi and two or three other ports. Uh, and they go all the way around the uh, Cape Horn. These are going out. Our exports, our oil exports are going out on what's called VLCCs, very large crude carriers. And I mean, these things, the Suez Max 1 million. The very large go around the cape because they won't go through Panama or the other. The reason that the are there's a a rumor going around there, and this guy alludes to it, is that we went to war so we'd sell more oil. But I'm going to call hoo ha on that theory. Why is Biden? You know, why is Biden putting war on the U
0: S? I don't think he's that smart. I don't think this war has anything to do with energy. While I don't see some very interesting things. I mean, I mean, crude's under seventy dollars. So if you think going to war with Ukraine or getting more involved with with the Israel Hamas conflict, I, if you think that's going to raise oil prices, you're you're under a rock, baby. We're at sixty nine, sixty nine.
1: Yes, and I I agree. I thought the uh, allusion to this was not as was not very good. That's why I'm calling hoo ha on the illusion. Love it. What's next? Okay, see, I don't believe everything that's a random guy out on Substack. Let's go to the next one. Texas Commissioner slams Biden's onerous methane rules that increase oil and gas. Railroad Commissioner Wayne Christian, I'm going to reach out to him and get him on here, uh, issued a statement regarding uh, the methane rules. uh, Those methane rules we covered in uh, this week already. And that was based off of the Clean Air Act. And they are onerous and omnipresently horrible. Yep. The listen to this. While the costs for hardworking Americans are up eleven thousand dollars this year from the gas pump to the grocery store, his Biden solution to inflation is increased regulations that will make it even more expensive, says Christian. Petroleum helps make more than ninety-six percent of everyday
0: consumer items. Ah, <laughs> Oops. I again with every rule, Chevron and Exxon would never admit this, but they love when the EPA does stuff like this because it makes it drives all of their competitors out to business because they are the one of the few companies that have the scale to be able to handle owners' regulations. Big business loves regulation. Don't. Remember that when they do this they're
1: only hurting the small producers. That's 50% of the oil produced in the US is with yep. the small producers though.
0: Hey, that's my point. So they're 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 going they're they're doing the kill shot. Exxon's going to be fine. We'll cover them later. They're going to be fine. Right. If you got to spend a little bit more on Methimer, they'll be fine. You know who won't be fine? Like you said, the other 50%. So it's clear this the second order effects as we talk about they're not thinking about.
1: No. So anyway, that one kind of got me a little worked up too. I'm with christensen good for
0: wayne christensen i i i you know it, am i you know it, do I think he's the you know i i've I've heard some stuff on him specifically that he he too may be in bed um too close with big business, so you know i i will ask know, him we'll ask him we'll ask him i've we you know we, we got to get him on the podcast here, but at least he's attempting here to stand up um good for Wayne christensen. what's next? hey,
1: let's go to the Brits. Uh, across the pond, the Brits should stock up on torches, candles and prepare for power cuts. Oliver Dowden says he's the deputy prime minister over there, Michael. That's kind of
0: huge. It's a little crazy that the deputy prime minister is out there saying prepare your torches and candles because power cuts are coming. I mean, what does he know? And that, that's what scares me is because when somebody
1: makes that kind of statement, you've heard politicians and it's like a big warning. What about the head of the FBI uh, testifying in front of Congress? He's afraid of the terrorist attacks. When somebody like that says it, you got the deputy minister up there, uh, prime minister of England saying, get your candles. This is not Frankenstein or the humpback or anything like that going along here. This is a problem.
0: Talk to me about these. He, he he says they also announced plans for a, quote, resiliency camp We're in a mandatory boot camp now for the English. Which, and, and this is about the A.I.
1: issues and the ah. tax on the grid. And they don't have the people to support it. So that's what he's talking about. The Russians have been hacking. It's kind of like what we have on our Newsbeat website, Michael. Uh, it is unbelievable. I ran yesterday. Iran had 1,468 people hit, Energy Newsbeat. Do you know how many we had that were blocked for attacks, really bad attacks? I'm sure 50% of them. All of them. (laughs) That is the first time. Normally, we get more attacks from the U.S. Iran finally (laughs) to the rest of the world yesterday. Yes, go Iran. Anyway. Uh, a unified government resilience website, which will provide practical advice on how ho- households can prepare as part of the campaign to raise awareness as simple steps as individuals can take care of their resilience. Michael, it's, it's insane. Th- it's insane. You need to be prepared no matter who you are, where you are in the world, be able to take care of your family for any natural disaster. That just prepares you in case
0: there's another uh, man-made disaster. So I love how that, they launch an internet website to tell you how to survive without internet. It just the the irony should not be lost in that. No, it's
1: pretty pathetic
0: actually. What's next?
1: <laughs> Transition to insolvency. Europe's largest wind farm facing bankruptcy. Michael, I have never in my life imagined that we'd had the last what four months of absolutely the wheels have fallen off the yeah. renewables. I mean, you're all, you were you were committing Harry Carey the other day. You were you had your knife out. And you're like, if I have to do another negative story on wind, I'm gonna shoot myself. Well, put the gun down, okay. The world's greatest Ponzi scheme is imploding. Wind and solar scam was never built to last. I like what this guy said. Simon Walker, the largest onshore wind farm, is facing bankruptcy and has filed for reconstruction in Sweden. Uh, The Markle Benton ETT uh, is facing difficulties after signing a base load requirement uh, against hydro. (laughs) You can't make this up,
0: Michael. No, you can't. Uh, You know, what's what's hilarious is that that wind farm is owned 75 percent by the the China general nuclear. Which is some
1: oops. But I love the sign right in there. Bankruptcy. Next exit. Oh, here's here's farm. we'll be getting off here. (laughs) <laughs> they just ran over the solar panels um here's here's what <laughs> that was funny uh here's what I, I think is really uh funny about this is that the bailouts uh when Obama bailed out Solyndra, uh it failed the the bailouts are coming buckle up it's going to be printing a more money because you have All of these companies and all of these folks bailing out is going to be the next horrible piece of this puzzle. So let's go to the next one. I kind of like this story, Michael. Plans for a nuclear-powered 24,000 TEU container ship unrivaled in China. This thing is huge. Mm -hmm. I think it's fantastic. This is bigger than an aircraft carrier. I mean, it is right in that range is what the size of that uh, 24,000 TEU class ship is. And I, the reason I like it is it's a small modular reactor using molten sand. It's not like what's in the uh, military ships right now. I think this is a true uh, way cool advance for getting pollution off of the oceans. I think this is phenomenal.
0: No, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of transit that happens on the seas, and if we could move to a as you see on the side of this uh, this ship, if they got plastered on the homepage, embracing a net zero future, this is one of the areas where I could see small modular nuclear reactors coming in extremely handy. Much like long haul trucking for EVs is probably a, they're not long haul trucking for EVs, but long haul trucking for uh, AI and like the the autopilot stuff is the sweet spot for that. I don't think we're going to be having AIs driving, you know, driverless cars driving around the block, but you might see a bunch of them flying down the interstates. I see the same thing here. A lot of this stuff could become AI driven up until that last mile. The fact of the matter is getting nukes on this even lowers the amount of energy costs and makes a lot of this stuff more affordable. So I'm all for it.
1: Oh, I am too. I thought this was a excellent... uh article. And I think that the small modular nuclear yesterday, we had that story you and I were having a little fun with, with nuclear was the only answer. No, it's part of the major issue. I think without nuclear, it will be tougher, but both are going to be bad because of the uh, legislation through regulation. Anyway, that's all I got tonight. All
0: right, well, we'll go ahead and kick it over to finance, guys. Overall market's down about three-tenths of a percentage point. That's for the S&P 500. NASDAQ drops about five-tenths of a percentage point. U.S. Treasury, 30-year fixed, down 0.22 percentage points. 10-year Treasury bonds up 1.7%. Dollar index rises about um two-tenths of a percentage point. We did see crude oil and this is going to hurt drops below 70 for the first time in what feels like an absolutely insane amount of time. Currently trading 6950 as we record this about 6 p.m. I'm um, here on the six Brent drops about one and a third percentage points down to 7527. I mean, and what's interesting, Stu, is we had an absolute uh, drop of uh, in the strategic petroleum reserve. Remember, we were estimating about a eight hundred thousand barrel build. We saw four point six million barrel draw, which did nothing to buoy prices. Again, what we did see was see a large gasoline build, about four point five million barrel build in the gasoline petroleum uh, reserves, as we call it, or, or gasoline stocks, as it's more commonly shown. That actually has a lo- much larger effect. Um, and and it's really what's been driving a lot of this this softness, mainly by people saying demand is down. If gasoline isn't necessarily correlated uh, with the price of oil, but what it does show is that there's a lack of demand out there. And, and that's what's pulling down at this point prices. I mean, I think we need just to hold a moment of silence for everybody who thought $100 oil was coming this year. I, I know we'll put you in there. Um, we we got to put a few whoa, other people, whoa, whoa, Goldman tech. Sachs. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, you- You have been sitting there browbeating me
1: like a rented mule. You've got a newspaper smacking me in the nose. And I have gone on record several times saying I have no clue what is going to happen on this. Now, I did say it would probably be around that 100, but
0: I have no clue because the pricing metrics are gone. You're right. You didn't say 100, you said 120. Fair enough. I'll 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 accept your uh denial. you know, we gotta throw Goldman Sachs in there. Throw your throw your favorite analysts in there, guys. Moment of silence real quick. I mean, that's over because brutal, Stu. Um now, hmm. I, I say all that to say again what's going on because I think the, why was everybody like Stu and Goldman Sachs and people that are smart why did they think oil was going to be a hundred dollars if you had asked me if I thought oil was going to be 60 or a 6 months ago I'd say it's probably going to be more a 100 than it is 60. the question is why is it here and I think there's a mix of reasons I think you know again we're seeing the, the the demand as we've swung back and forth between fundamentals and non-fundamentals I think the pendulum is now moving back towards the f- the pure fundamentals of it looks like demand growth may not be where it is. We see production growth coming. We see rigs, you know, and I I don't want to say production growth coming, but we see the fact that that new with these new wells coming online that were drilled in fact in this higher oil price environment will only continue again to have that compounding effect. Uh, it's a little confusing, Stu. We also saw natural gas drop today. It's trading at two dollars and fifty seven cents. That's mainly due, um. Uh, to some new weather data that dropped. But, you know, interesting, interesting times in the oil and gas markets, folks. Let let Um, me throw this
1: at you. I want to ask your opinion on this. Venezuela taking over the oil fields in in Guyana and and the next door neighbor and having uh, him, the uh, socialist guy, come out and say, here's the new map. And so he's already claimed the land and the big oil companies are now having to, they're, you think, In the past, the U.S. would not have gone to war over something like that. We would have seen prices go up. This is just as bad as there's drones hitting ships, and we would have seen prices going on. You can't use a normal price model anymore because of this. We got countries invading other countries. We got countries claiming oil entire fields and going, they're now mine. They're no longer yours. You go away and nobody's doing anything. And it and it price goes down. I have no clue. But what is your thought on him
0: taking it for our podcast listeners? I'm playing the world's smallest violin. Mm-mm-mm. We get it, Stu. You're upset. Yes, I don't know. No, I'm. <laughs> I honestly, no, no, no. I, 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 give give me every chance I can to rub in the fact that that, that oil's not a hundred bucks because you 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 personally weren't the only one. Why on that do side. you
1: have that burr up your saddle, dude? I
0: don't have a a I thing. I I, I to, to answer your question, it goes to show you that we swing back between fundamentals and sentiment. If we were in a sentiment driven market, exactly what you said, prices should have spiked. But it's not this. The flavor of the day is back to the fundamentals, and I think again, these this rise in gasoline stocks is showing people that the demand may not be there and may not come back. One thing I found interesting was that Exxon decided to drop kind of a really long uh, updated forward guidance, specifically on on where they see their their output going. I thought you know you could you can read the whole uh, deck. You go to Exxon and check out their uh, um, corporate investor reports. The interesting part, though, Stu, they announce record capex spending of 24 billion dollars in 2024 and and project guidance of 22 to 27 billion of spending from 2025 to 2027 so they're not messing around nope i think it's fabulous they also aren't investing um, somewhere in the neighborhood of about $20 billion into low-carbon solutions. Um, I love this quote from RBC. Exxon's going to need to convince investors on the merits of low-carbon spending from here. That's according to our friends over at RBC Capital. So very interesting um, to talk about um, where Exxon is going. They're, they're, they're spending a lot on CapEx, but they're diving into that you know, diving into that, that low carbons market, the acquisition of Denbury obviously gives them that CO2 infrastructure. Also their strip mine, their strip lithium drilling that they're doing right now. They're targeting, they're in Arkansas. They're drilling over there in the, in the smack over formation. Um, anybody who's familiar with, uh, the East Texas, uh, East Texas shale plays, you'll, you'll, know the smack over formation, uh, extremely well. So, uh, absolutely interesting stuff. They, they expect to have production from that, um, um up that, and running bike. By- but that's over in Arkansas. Yep. It yeah, is over in Arkansas. It, so
1: is the smack over the brother that is dating the sister?
0: It's exactly. Oh,
1: okay. Just thought I'd ask.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Stu, that's enough for me. What do you got going on? What, what should people be worried about? We we're done for the week. Oh, yeah.
1: I think it's been a wonderful, crazy week. Just interviewed uh, Congressman uh, Nunn and uh, he is a cool cat he is a veteran and uh, that'll be coming out on Saturday I bet no we have no, we have actually Nate we have uh, uh, some big dogs at Nate that one's coming out Saturday and then the other one will come out next week
0: uh, Friday you mean because we got a weekly recap that'll drop on Saturday um, thank you I'm in a time uh, we will cover all our top stories but no a lot of interviews lined up we appreciate everybody who stuck with us this week it's been a long week but uh, hopefully we've made it just a little bit easier covering your energy news <laughs> we'll let you go guys for Stuart Turley. I'm Michael Tanner. Have a great weekend guys. We'll see you back. Uh, you, you'll hear our interview tomorrow. you hear the weekly recap on Sunday and we'll be back in your inbox on Monday. Have a great weekend guys.